0: in the now episode 4 today we have a special guest tim yarborough a director and advisor to freight a shipping startup we discuss the shipping industry as a whole and what's involved in making a great company in the modern age stick around this show is brought to you by steel now steel now takes the pain out of buying metal whether you've been buying for 20 years or you are new to metal purchasing It's a difficult process no matter what your expertise, and SteelNow works with our network of over 60 suppliers to get you a fair price and a lead time that fits your project. So visit SteelNow.com today. Episode of In the Now. I am your host Tony, joined always by my co-host Jonathan. Today, we're joined by a special guest. He's an advisor and board director at Freight. That's F R A Y T Freight, a startup that's working to bring on-demand shipping to everyone through technology. Thanks for joining us, Tim, and welcome. Ah, good to be with
1: you. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your background?
1: Uh, well, my background is I've been an entrepreneur for over 40 years. We have uh, developed over 80 businesses and uh, presently have different investment activities into 31 different businesses. So that's kind of our background. It's all over the, the genre of business. And we got into the logistics business with freight about two and a half, three years ago and so we we looked at the industry we looked at the opportunity and and we thought this was a really good time because we saw the change happening within our culture in terms of expectations you know delivery services uh you have a lot of people who who love the aspect of working for themselves as drivers and freight was in the middle of developing a platform with its own technology personnel that would offer some tremendous flexibility as well as great efficiencies. So we jumped in and uh, we're the lead investor in freight. And I also work in the sales department with freight, mostly because I love sales and I love the challenge of it. So that's where we are.
0: Cool. So you were involved with freight before the whole coronavirus pandemic.
1: Yeah, we were. We just saw the, the opportunity with the industry as a whole. Whenever you, you start into an industry, uh, one of the things that's always good is to talk with people and interact with people who have been there, done that. And been involved with the industry for a long time, and and we did a lot of that, and and it was so educational because sometimes you know in two weeks you get thirty years of an individual's experience and their wisdom, and, uh, and of course one of the the questions you always like to ask as an entrepreneur is if you could do it over again, what wouldn't you do? <laughs> because there's there's tremendous education in that, and uh, and so uh, we we just uh, kind of really got in. Not only with the historical thinking, because sometimes it's it's pretty easy for people to get into a rut in into that historical thinking, but we got uh, a lot of conversations and interviews with individuals, younger individuals who thought differently, their patterns of thinking were different, uh, but man, they had such great entrepreneurial vision. And so they too were tremendously beneficial to us in understanding this industry, not only from the standpoint of Our position as freight, but you know, the standpoint of businesses trying to use alternative means of getting their products and services out to the end consumer. Has the landscape changed in shipping
0: from before COVID to you know, now we see the nation, the world's response to the coronavirus? You know, different states are having different measures, federal government has different measures, other countries
1: have different measures. There there was this inclination, kind of a, a slow incline that was moving toward product delivery to the end consumer. Uh, obviously, that was led by Amazon and, and Walmart, uh, and it was being picked up in other uh, genres of, of you know service. But the coronavirus thing gave a real impetus to it, and, and it, it accelerated what was already happening. And now it's just a mindset and it's one that has really solidified itself in our culture that this is the way that product delivery is going for the future. And uh, I mean, you see it with not only that the delivery Things, but the but the different indicia of it. It's more convenient for the the product producer or the shipper. It's the drivers. You have drivers out there that love being able to create their own hours or to accept or reject what they want in, in, in the platforms. And consumers love the convenience that you know they are either at home or they come home and their package is there. I've said for a while.
0: Uh, on this show and elsewhere, that I really do think that that whole idea of COVID being an accelerator to many things that were inevitable is very true. I mean, you see that with work from home. And I also think another trend that's been going is, is more independence. More Young people are more independent thinkers. They like working for themselves. Even if they're only making 40000 a year as a contractor somewhere, they prefer the freedom of being able to do that than your traditional. So
1: I definitely agree with what you're saying there. With our platform, the way we do our platform. We, we have the ability, we have a driver rating system where, you know, you're rated from basically nothing to a five-star driver. And we have drivers, you know, that are now competing. Once we got this, this integrated into our platform, because as a five-star driver, for instance, let's say that you have companies that put on matches as a five-star driver, depending on how soon we agree to turn that match around, you might received that match one or two minutes before the four-star drivers or the three-star drivers. So you're the guy in the catbird seat. You get to call the shot, right? Do I want to accept this or not accept that? And then if you're a three-star driver, guess where you want to get to? You want to be the guy who's the five-star driver. And we've watched this because th- these people are entrepreneurial. They understand what they're doing and this drives their professionalism. And for us, it, it creates response times that are just tremendous. And obviously, for the shipper, they get to watch this in real time. And so there's this new level of professionalism that companies like us are helping to bring to the forefront just because that's how human nature operates. It's how the market works.
2: Tim, it obviously seems like you guys are definitely paying attention over at Freight to industry changes to your employees to your consumer, which is great to hear. What would you say is freight is doing as far as innovation and continuing to push the industry as a, as a, even as a startup company.
1: There are a lot of companies that are entering into this space or different genres of this space. Our focus is primarily on the big and bulky with the cargo vans. And we've now launched a a box truck initiative. But the thing that we do is that we don't mislead shippers. And what I mean is this, in the industry where you have a lot of startup capital, what often happens is you wind up with companies that subsidize delivery. So if you're a shipper and you're, you're dealing with subsidized deliveries, you're not getting the real picture of the marketplace. And at some point, that's going to end. And if you build your model of your business on somebody else subsidizing some part of it, then that's going to come to a systematic shock to your economic processes. So our philosophy as a company is, and again, this is pretty true uh, of us just as investors as a whole. And that is, is that we, from the beginning, we started working toward being self-sustainable and toward becoming profitable, that means is that we need real feedback from the market as to what works and what doesn't work, what attracts drivers, what repels drivers, what attracts shippers, what repels shippers. We needed real, genuine information that did not have intervention involved in it. And that's how we operate. And uh, we have found that the the businesses we interact with appreciate that because, number one, they they know the reality of that and uh, our drivers respond to that because it allows them to to make a genuine good living and they're responsive to that and particularly they're responsive to it in terms of you know being rated in terms of their professionalism their responsiveness how well they satisfy the consumer so it's a real market driven process and uh, and we're committed to that what we are is a platform that brings shippers and delivery drivers together and our drivers they're, they're highly motivated uh, in the sense that when they complete a delivery and it's done, they get paid. When you know true market pricing, you can build a sustainable pipeline for whether you're on the shipper end or you're on the delivery end, you have real pricing. Yeah.
0: And I, we find the same thing at Steel Now. There are people out there that don't know how to get connected to the right person in order to get what they need. And in our case, it's customers that don't know how to buy metal or don't have a connection with the metal company needing to purchase small pieces of metal. Not necessarily that we need to go and start buying metal and selling metal directly. It's more that just we need to make this connection between you two. So you guys understand. And here's the market price for doing that and have a nice day. That is a trend that we see as far as every industry. And I think it's only starting to affect traditional industries like shipping, like building materials and things like that. And it's, and I do think coronavirus accelerated all of that happening.
1: I I'm almost 65 and the last five years, I mean, I've been involved with different things uh, of, of, of technology advancements, innovations, and things like that. Not not from the inside of it, but from the peripheral, I can observe it. But young men like you have taught me so much in these last five years. But the things that you have taught me is how to make everything I do more efficient, uh, because you've given me a different way of thinking about how the whole process works, how to use information, how to use technology. And uh, I mean, it's really been an incredible education for me and one that I'm, I'm very grateful for because I can see how these things work. I remember the first time that I got introduced to something called the cloud, I sat with these guys. This was hilarious. I and mean, you guys will, will get a good laugh out of this. And uh, I lasted in that conversation almost 15 seconds before they lost me, but I I stayed with it. And this industry is like that. It's an industry that is evolving, but when you break it down to its basics, it's how does the true market work in terms of getting product A to consumer A in an efficient manner. You know, the thing that technology is doing it's just teaching us how to do it better. Yeah,
2: that's great, Tim. We're, we're definitely big on the uh, how technology, we've even spoken on previous episodes, how technology can make things more efficient, make lives easier. But what I really like is you're speaking to the consumer, right? We live in a day where, especially with, the younger generations where you're used to having tracking, you're used to having access to your deliveries. How are your responses as far as a consumer interaction when it comes to getting your things on time, having five-star rated drivers? I mean, it seems like you guys are crossing I's and dotting T's as far as what the consumer is looking for, but keeping happy employees at the same time.
1: We, we are a lean and mean outfit uh, from the standpoint of our size, but our technology allows for tremendous efficiencies and they, and they, and the staff we have, like in our ops, I mean they're just excellent at what they do. They understand what they're doing. They handle tremendous volume and we keep our hand on the pulse as it were with our uh, shippers and with our drivers and with our processes and we want honest feedback. We want critical feedback and when you when you're dealing with consumers and when you're dealing with shippers and and they know that you're really into Desiring transparency and giving transparency, you just create a pathway that you you get that one thing that makes commerce work and that's trust. And when you get trust operating at every level, what happens with that is the cost goes down when trust goes missing. In any arrangement, costs go up. And so the more that you can integrate this this concept of just earning trust through the process, the end result is going to be you're going to be more efficient, more effective, because instead of people focusing on how to cover themselves or to, to make excuses, what there's focusing on is how to be productive because it's so enjoyable to accomplish your objectives.
0: I might be a little naive. I always thought that trust was the most important thing that, and, and that most businesses knew that. Is that just not the case, do you think?
1: I think a lot of us know that, right? But translating that into our practices, you know, having knowledge of something and actually converting it to doing it is two different things. And uh, when you can make the obtaining of trust through your process is your goal doesn't mean you're going to get it right every time. But what it does mean is that you're going to be quick to correct that process. And when everybody in your chain understands that, if we have a breakdown, we're going to correct it in a way that is honorable, is filled with integrity, because our goal is to restore that trust track so that things run smoothly. When you have that that there's just this unity this mindset that flows from your producers or shippers to your ops team to your development team to your consumer and it works.
2: I think it's great that I think we all look for ease of technology to improve our lives no matter what we're doing right whether it's grocery deliveries but I think it's great the fact that we're you're still able to incorporate technology and innovation but you're still keeping it to a wholesome part of relationships, which is important, right? I I think we all appreciate that. We all look for that. I don't know, I mean, I'm all for innovation, but I don't want to talk to a bot that auto messages me or some kind of customer service that won't help me out, right? But it sounds like that you found a sweet spot, which is great of technology plus, hey, we're still here. We may use this technology, but we're not forgetting you. And I think that's wholesome. And I think that's great to hear because I think a lot of companies might lose sight of that. And they are losing sight of that because it's so easy just to automate everything. But we still need a little bit of trust and human affection on the, in the background to build that brand trust that we speak of.
0: I know this guy here in town, he's the robot guy of New Mexico. He builds these robots that, that wax the floors at the airport now. That's his thing. And this guy has tried to convince everybody in the state, that they need to try this robot bartender. And I've always thought that's like one job, probably a robot's never going to do that because the purpose of it, a bartender isn't just to mix you a wonderful drink. It's for that interaction, that conversation, et cetera. And so what do you guys
1: think? Is the robot bartender a dumb idea? One of the experiments that we did, and, and we do this pretty often, is just reaching out to customers and talking to them and, and we, we do this continuously. And uh, one of the things that we discovered that happens is, is that when people get isolated to just technology, there's this component of the human relationships that goes missing. And when technology doesn't work, because that human component is missing, the the problem escalates quickly. Whereas in the instances where we, we have these connections and I call and I've talked to them. And, and something goes wrong with the technology, right? They know they can pick up a telephone and what would, you know, historically have been an escalated is just like, okay, we, we've had a, a breakdown here in our technology. Can we get this taken care of? And the escalation factor just doesn't even enter it.
0: I think that's a great way to put it. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tim. Um, Did you want to let everybody know anything more about freight, where they could find it, everything like that?
1: Yeah, freight, uh, F-R-A-Y-T, freight.com. We are a technology platform that brings shippers and drivers together. Uh, Right now, we are focused on two types of service. One is uh, called our dash service. It's dedicated door-to-door service for when things need to get there, have to be there. And our other one is our multi-stop service, where uh, it gives a shipper both time efficiency in terms of putting their orders together and significant cost efficiencies. And uh, on the driver's side, drivers love it for exactly the same reasons. They can go and pick up one time. And uh, it uh, picks up as a minimum of five deliveries, but you can do as many as uh, 20, 30, 40 you know, deliveries at a pickup and, uh, and the driver's set. So he loves bouncing. He's just going from one to one. It's great for him. It's great for the shippers. It's great for the consumer. And in uh, our platform, uh, the guys who are in the development team have just done an incredible job of putting that together. Great. Well, thank you so much. And again, that's freight.com,
0: F-R-A-Y-T dot to check them out. And thank you so much for joining us today, Tim. We really appreciate it and have a great day out there, everybody. <music>